Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Jesus never fished with a pole. He always fished with a net. Amen. Y'all be singing that song, I'm going to trade my pole in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand to your feet in this place one more time, would you? Amen. Look around at your neighbor to the right or left of you, behind you. Just tell them you might have to give me some room. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want you just, just for a minute, if you would, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes just for a minute. This week's been amazing. Had some amazing word to go forth. Had lives to be changed. Tonight, it's on the brink of, okay, revival's shutting down. But there was something done in this place this week. All across computer screens and iPhones and Androids and all over. Word has went forth. It's touched people from all over here in the United States, across the world, over into Africa. And the word of God is going forth. Tonight, whatever takes place tonight, whoever you are, some of you walked in here tonight, you're broken. You don't understand where you're going. It started out looking good. You know exactly what God wanted. But now everything's just scattered. You're on the right road, but you're not seeing the vision that you've seen at the beginning. Somebody hear me in here with your eyes closed. Just listen. God's changing. He's changing. You've been in the hallway. You ain't lost your faith. But there's doors right now. You've been longing for these doors. I don't know who I'm talking to. You've been longing for these doors. They're opening. Preacher, man or woman, God ain't done with you yet. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what it feels like right now. You're in a place. Maybe watching me from home, but you're in a place. It's been very discouraging. And you're trying to fit in. And you don't know where you fit in. And you've been wondering, how do I get back to that calling in my life that God showed me. Only God could have pulled you up out of the mess you're in. Only God could have placed a calling on your life. Only God could have put you in a position that you're in right now. And the devil's been lying to you. It's not over. It's not over. It's just beginning. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. Hallelujah. While you're standing, won't you grab your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to the uh, book of John. John chapter 21. I'm going to do like Larry Beats. I'm going to go old school. Even though he didn't. He's old, but. <laughs> John chapter 21 at the very ending 
Jesus has already died and resurrected. He met Simon on this same lake. He called him. said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Y'all remember that part in the Bible? The Bible said when he walked up to him, Simon was in a position. Everything was going crazy. Didn't know how to get there, what to do. Jesus comes and asks to use his boat. He uses his boat. Jesus preaches, told him to cast his net out. He catches so many fish. And after he catches these fish, he realizes he is the son of God. At this moment, in the middle of a crisis, in a place where he don't understand, Jesus calls a man by the name of Simon. And not only does he call him, but he changes his name. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll change your name. Not only did he call him, but he changed his name. And at the same time, God began to move upon his life. We're coming to the end of it. Jesus died. Jesus resurrected. Peter has denied Jesus three times. He has stood at the very same place. He, he caught fishes. He's seen the 5,000 being fed, the 4,000 being fed. He's seen the blind eyes open. He's seen all that. You've been in church all your life. You've seen everything. I mean, you've seen uncles and aunts raise up from the dead. You've seen your bank account fill up when it sounded like that nothing was going to happen. God moved in and touched your marriage not once, not twice, but three times. And he began to move, and he never gave up. And you've seen it, and you've seen it, and you've seen it. But because of some kind of an act from the enemy, it seems like that you have found yourself in a position that you don't think you're worthy anymore, you don't think you're able to anymore, but God has not never stopped looking for you. In this part of this scripture right now, when Jesus comes back, he sees everybody. But in his mind, he says, I got to find Peter. I've got to go find the misfit. I got to find the one that doesn't fit in. I got to find the one that don't look the part. Come on, somebody. You may not look the part, you may not feel the part, but I'm telling you right now, God is bypassing your feelings he's bypassing what you see and he's coming after what he has already called can I tell you something if God called you to it the devil can't take it away from you it is already yours and it's in the midst of it hallelujah John chapter 21 give me just a little bit of attention right here John chapter 21 verse number one and after these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood at the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, I like the NIV. The NIV says it right. He says, uh, he, he says, friends, have you any meat? They answered him, nay. <laughs> and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It was the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. Now, I don't know about y'all, but in Caney, Oklahoma, they fish naked. Praise God. And, and did cast he himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, they were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish, and thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, full of great fishes. Look at your neighbor and say, Great fishes. And hundred and fifty and three gives it a number here. And for all there were so many, yet there was not able that yet the net was not broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him who thou art, knowing that it was the Lord. Then Jesus cometh and taketh bread and give them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. 
So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas. Notice he's not calling Peter here. Listen. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, have your way in this place tonight. Begin to move all over this building. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, all the way through uh, through Facebook Live, touch people's lives uh, and begin to move. Lord, bring a deliverance like only you can. Begin to move. Heavenly Father, Lord, begin to shake off uh, the things in their life right now that is holding them down. Uh, and Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you boldly uh, and we thank you for what's going to happen in this place. Uh, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. There comes a time in all of our lives when there is these moments of greatness when we're really proud of ourselves. And there comes a time in our life, even as a Christian walk, that sometimes we say, why did I say that? Why did I act like that? Why did I treat them like that? Why did I make a decision like that? And those are the places that the enemy likes to hone in on. Those are the places that he's watching in your life. And those are the places that he's banking on. If he can ever get in and start digging just a little bit more, then you'll finally give up. You'll finally get to the place till you'll realize that you're not good enough. Been going to church for five years, and all of a sudden, you think you're not good enough. God called you to preach. Uh, praise God, and the circuit opened up, and now it's shut down, and now you think you're not good enough. I've been there. I've been there. Been to that place. Now you start examining yourself. Now you start listening to this. Now you start getting many voices in. Praise God. Now you start trying to uh, re re reach for this, uh, and you're trying to reach for that, and you're trying to find an answer that makes you feel good, uh, and, and, and uh, nothing that you're getting makes you feel good uh, unless it's puffing up your flesh uh, because your spirit, man, is now beaten down, uh, and all you want to hear is what somebody else has got to say about the situation that you're in that makes you feel better. They haven't led you closer to God uh, they haven't rebuked you. Uh, they haven't told you uh, where you failed. They told you everything that you've done right. Uh, and at the same time, you're trying to get your feelings out, but you can't get any closer and you can't move any further. Peter was called out at a time in his life when, 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 when it was utter failure. It was going to take a miracle for God to move upon his situation. And Jesus showed up and a miracle began to move upon his life. He fell down immediately. Amen. And he began to worship him. And he did what Jesus said. He followed him until it come today. Because here's the thing about a, a lot of Christians today is that they can't take uh, 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 people coming against them about who they are in Christ. They get to that place. You know, you got friends that uh that they want to be your friends as long as you look like them as long as you shout like them as long as you pray like them come on somebody you start doing something different and they start backing up you start praising God differently and they start moving. See, see there's a difference uh, between my prayer when I open up in church uh, and my prayer when I really need something from God. There's a total change there's a total pull on heaven. I need something from you right now. Yeah. 
Those are the times usually I'm in my prayer closet by myself because when I'm praying, there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they can't handle what I'm about to say because what I'm about to say is a very private thing. And, I, and I, God, I need you. I need you right now. My life is messed up. It's jacked up and it's crazy. And I need you to do something. And I need you to move upon my life. And I begin to pour out. There's a difference between praying while everybody's around you and praying when you need God to move. And those are the times, a lot of times, we come to church. Everybody say, I love the preacher. We come to church because it's revival. Everybody else is there, and that is what we do. We go to church. If I don't go to church, they'll think I'm not saved. If I, go, if, if I don't show up, they'll think that I didn't want more God. And we come to church a lot of times because we want to come to church to see who showed up in a thunderstorm. Sometimes we want to come because we want to see what all is going on and what they have to offer and all of this stuff. And we come in, praise God, and we do all of these things. And at the same time, God is wanting us to meet because there is a need. And the need is never about you. It's about those around you. Can I tell you right now that when your friends know that you're at church, they're dependent on you to pray for them and to move in ministry with them. But the enemy's all the time, he's got us in a place. Our mind is just so covered up. Peter's got a big job. He's a complete misfit, and he knows that he is. He doesn't deserve to walk with Jesus. Let me tell you something. I don't deserve to be on this stage, but you know what God said? It ain't up to you. It ain't about what you think you deserve. It's about my calling that I put inside of your life. Some of you that are sitting here right now, there were things that happened in you absolutely. You're at a place I don't deserve it, but God said I, I didn't do it because you deserve it. I do it because it's a part of the calling uh, that comes upon in your life. Uh, then I want to bless your life. Uh, I want favor to move upon you. Uh, I want the greatness to move in you uh, because sometimes uh, greatness don't look great. doesn't look great. I remember reading in the story where Elijah is walking by and one day he looks over Elisha and he looks over Elisha and the Bible says he throws his mantle on him, over him and he calls him. He says, come on and follow me and do what I'm doing. And, and, and praise God, Elisha's out there tilling the ground and he, he's, he, he's got oxen and he, he's tilling the ground and getting ready and the anointing hit his life and he turns and looks. He says, hang on just a minute. Let me go back and let me take care of my mom and my dad. And so when he goes back, he realizes, hey, if I don't do something about this, I'm going to come back to this. And so now he goes and he takes all the oxen and he kills them and he makes a sacrifice and he burns the plows and he burns everything that he has and he burns bridges and burns it to the ground and he follows Jesus. The only thing Peter forgot to do was burn his boat. So he had something to go back to, talking to somebody. There's some places in your life that you need to burn. You can't go, you can't keep going back to that comfortable place every time God wants you to do something different. Every time God wants you to step out in another realm, you can't keep going back to that comfortable place just in case it didn't work out, just in case everything didn't line up. Praise God. I remember when I got saved, I took my Hank Williams Jr. cassette and I took my Bad Company cassette and I put it in the back of my drawer just in case. Just in case. Some of us has got a just-in-case moment. Some of us has got friends that we're hanging on to just-in-case. Some of us has got things going on in our life just-in-case. And guess what? God's still moving on you. God's still blessing you. Woo, 
that's some that, that, that that's some that's some step back preaching right there. Well, I don't know about that. God can't use somebody unclean, honey. Let me tell you something. All of you's unclean uh, at, at one time or another in your life. Uh, all of you's had uh, crazy thoughts come in your mind. All of you's been in places uh, in desperate moments uh, that you got down and you called out to God. Uh, I know uh, that you ain't been on a mountain long enough uh, that where you forgot where you was at uh, a few years ago, a few months ago. I dare say a few days ago to some of y'all in this building uh, that you know what it feels like to call out to God at a desperate moment uh, when you couldn't tell anybody what you was thinking, uh, or what you was going through, uh, or what you was feeling, uh, and God still uh, moved right in the middle of your life. He still did it. Jesus got up from the dead. Praise God, after he kicked the back of that grave completely out, he walked down in the middle of hell while they was having a big old party. They did it, and all of a sudden, hell got quiet, and everybody fell down, and they started worshiping him, and the devil looks around and thought, man, you ain't got to worship him no more. We done got rid of him, and he looks around, and here he comes with his bad self right up in the middle of hell, and he looked at every one of them, and he said, how do you like me now? Come on, somebody. I did it. I done gone and did it. I did what I told you I was going to do, and now I'm back, and I need the keys. Go ahead and give me the keys, because now what you stole from man, I'm going to give back to man, and man's going to have the power and the authority and the dominion that I don't care what he ever went through. I'm going to give him so much power in his mouth that even on his worst day, he can call out my name and I'll kick the gates down and come rescue him in the middle of his mess. Jesus got up. He didn't talk to them all. The only person he hadn't seen was Peter. He's not at the temple. He's not at the prayer meeting. He's not at the life changers revival. He's done, he's done gone and deleted him plumb off Facebook. Jesus is scrolling. He can't find him. Not only did, did Peter delete him, but he blocked him. He can't find him nowhere. He's looking for some tweets to find out where he's been. Jesus says, I'll go back to the familiar place. I know where to find him. I'll go back to the place that he didn't burn down. See, some of us think we're hiding from him, but he knows exactly what's going on. Some of us have got certain things. Listen to me. Some of us have got, my God, some of us has got, so I'm going to talk to the camera because I ain't talking to y'all. Some of us uh, has got certain things uh, that we like to dibble dive uh, and go back into. Uh, and the only reason is we're keeping them uh, because we might need an excuse uh, to get mad at the church uh, or get mad at the preacher uh, or get mad at what's going on. Uh, and if we do, uh, I'll go have myself a good two or three days time uh, and stuff that I should have laid down. Uh, and stuff I should have walked away from and I'll spend a little time there and I'll go ahead and make myself feel better there. God knows a familiar place in our lives and still yet he comes and finds you. He come all the way out there to where Peter and them was. They went back and got their old jobs back and they're fishing again because Jesus has died. And now some of them said they saw him, but we ain't seen him. All we've heard is what everybody else said. If we was really his friends, he would have found us. Come on, somebody. If God really loved me, then why don't I get a new car? Why don't I get a new house? If God really loved me, why don't I, why don't I get promoted? Why don't you just shut up and just get back on your knees again and know that God has never forgotten you. I 
problem is, is we can't celebrate somebody else moving up. And we're always finding ourselves in a position. See, there's people all around you that God is promoting. Did you know that God loves you, but did you know that the only thing he doesn't promote you in is failure? See, you don't take a test and fail it and they just say, okay, go ahead and go to second grade, Roger. If I take a test in the first grade and I fail it, they're not going to promote me. Did you know there are things in your life that when they come against you, it's failure. But that failure didn't keep God away. That failure didn't shut a door. That failure didn't say that God didn't love you. That failure means that the enemy is keeping you right there in the same place that you've always been. So it's time to get ready and walk out of failure and understand and know you got to get up to walk. you got to get up to walk. I'll say that again. You got to get up to walk. And when you get up, start walking to the Savior. Jesus finds Peter. He's sitting on the shore. He hollers out, hey, friends. He's still in covenant. Listen, he hadn't broke covenant. He's still in covenant. Peter finds out that it's him. Oh, crazy Peter. He jumps out of the boat. The Bible says and swims to him. First, he clothes himself in his uh, robe uh, because he's on a boat uh, in uh, in, in his pajamas. Somebody said the other day, I come in church, one of them Burks kids. So why did you come to church with your jammies on for? Him, I said, you need to shut up and go over and get a sucker somewhere and leave me alone. <laughs> he finds him. He jumps out of a boat and he runs to him. Jesus told him at the beginning when he called him out, he said, I will make you fishers of men. Peter didn't have an understanding of that, but Jesus shows up and he says, do you love me? He says, yes. He said, feed my lambs. Do you love me? He said, yes, tend my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. He said, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to tend my sheep and I want you to feed my sheep. Somebody hear me. Because when Peter stood just a few days ago and he denied him three times, Jesus brought him back in. And every time Peter said, I love you, he crossed out where he found Come on, somebody. He crossed out where he failed. Do you love me? Yes. He crossed it out. Do you love me? Yes. He crossed it out. Do you love me? Yes. He crossed it out. And then he said, now get up. I don't hold nothing against you. The devil's been a lie in your life. And everything you did with the devil, now I crossed it out. If you love me, I need you to work for me. Listen, when Jesus called Peter to the place, there was nobody else he was talking to. Get this. This is what Jesus is telling Peter. Peter, take my place. He didn't tell Andrew to feed the sheep. Listen, Peter, I come to find you. You got to get this. Because I need you to take my place. Out of all the disciples that never messed up, John laid his head in the bosom of Jesus at the Last Supper, and he cried and wept. Little old John, about 21 years old, the youngest of them all, Peter about 40, one of the old scruff aside. And so here's John, just a little baby, and laid his head in the bosom of Jesus and said, I love you, when later his gospel would be themed, the love of God, the love of God, for God so loved the world his whole gospel and there's John that even tended his mother and never left him but Jesus come after the misfit he come after the person that didn't fit in he come after the person that didn't look the part that didn't walk the part and he said I need you to take my place listen those are some big shoes to fill 
I need you to take my place. I need you to do what I've been doing. Listen, 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 listen. That is a moment in our life where we have to realize and we have to see. Okay? When I say misfits, I don't mean that, you know, we're all just uh, uh, weird and crazy and we just do whatever we want to do and just come to church. We're misfits. I, I can go off over here. I, I, I can cuss somebody. I, I can lie and I can cheat. I'm a misfit. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, uh, is there are places in our lives uh, that the enemy is holding us back uh, and telling us uh, that here's the category you can't minister in uh, because this happened. Uh, do you know how many people are sitting in the church uh, and they're thinking, I can't minister like that uh, because I've done this uh, and I've got this on my life? Uh, and I've had this mistake. I've been married. I've been divorced. I've got children out of wedlock. Can you imagine how many people are sitting back and wondering, I don't know if I can do this. Yes. <laughs> the woman that come to find Jesus was a misfit out of all. She had seven devils cast out of her. She was a woman, a prostitute. She broke the alabaster box and washed his feet. And he stood and looked at her. And still she's the one that her sister was half a looting. Jesus, can you tell my sister I'm doing all the work? I'm doing all the cooking? I'm doing all the serving? You got to do your head real good like this when you're getting on it. Put your hand on your hip and just tell him, get that chicken head and just tell him. I'm sick and tired of doing the dishes. I'm sick and tired of doing all the cleaning. And I'm doing all this work. And my wannabe sister, she's been fluting and flirting out there in the world and doing all these things. And now she comes in and wipes your feet one time. And now you notice her. I'm telling you right now, it's not about where you've been. It's about where your heart is. And when God begins to move on a broken and contrite heart, the glory of God begins to move. He moves us up. Peter meets Jesus at the beginning in a boat. And at the end of it, before Jesus leaves, he finds him in the same boat, the same lake, the same place. Ooh. We're such creatures of habit. I mean, I mean, I mean. I mean, we, this, this is what we, this is how we do it. This is how we start our day. This is how we go to work. This is how everything happens. And, and the enemy knows exactly how to push our buttons. And the Holy Ghost is sitting over trying to push our buttons and we're just ignoring him. <laughs> Anybody like Sonic? Man, ain't that some good stuff? Tater tots. That 25. <laughs> he's been around us so long, he says he's 48% now. The, uh, <laughs> pull up there to Sonic. Anybody ever pull up there to Sonic and just look at the menu and sit there and get mad and say, well, why haven't they took my order? Because you ain't pushed the button. You know, something, something, something really, really, really deep happens when you push a button. On the other end, it says, can I take your order, please? We come to church and wonder why God ain't serving us his stuff. Why God ain't doing Why God ain't waiting on us. We've been pulling up in our sanctified vehicles. Oh, oh I come to church on a thunderstorm night. God's going to really do something with me. I showed up. Where's everybody else at? I'm the, and we pull up, but we never push a button. And if we never push a button, then God's never talking. I need to tell somebody. God knows exactly where you're at. But he says you have not because you ask not and too many times we've sat back in church and not asked God for it I'm tired of not asking I want it all I want it all I want everything 
I want God to do everything in my life. I'm tired of just getting by. I want it all. Peter, he's moving along here. He's that one person that nobody ever thought that God would handle. Peter was, listen to me. Peter was the, uh, the apostle of the, Jew, uh, of the Jews. God said, I need you to take care of my people. When God wanted somebody for the world outside of the Jews, he got somebody worse than Peter. He got a murderer. He got a con man. He kicked him off his donkey. He filled him with the Holy Ghost, put a word inside of him. Not only that, uh, Paul said uh, some 14 years ago, whether in body, out of body, I don't know, uh, but I was caught up to the third heaven. Uh, he went past the uh, sky, past space, uh, and into God's domain. Uh, he said, I was caught up uh, to the third heaven. Uh, and while I was there, I seen things I can't talk about. I know things uh, that, that I can't really move at. And I asked God, why? And God said, my grace, my favor is sufficient unto thee. So he takes all of these men. Peter's one that I've honed in on for a couple, two or three days. Remember Samson? Man, what a mess. What a mess he was. And God called Samson was the 12th judge. He was the 12th judge. That word 12 means government. God said, I'm going to do something to my government, and I'm going to do it through Samson. He don't look like nothing. He don't talk like nothing. He's all the time mad. He's all the time arrogant. But, but, but. But you notice, uh, Samson only acted like that because he lost something. Uh, and he lost it and he could never get it back uh, because they killed his wife and he loved his wife. Uh, and so now he's angry. Uh, can I tell you that the enemy is using those things uh, that you think uh, that God took away uh, and you think that God removed. Uh, and he's using those personal things uh, in your life uh, and you're using them against the church uh, and you're mad all the time. Uh, you looked apart, uh, but you're mad. Samson's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's looking for what he lost. They found it in a harlot. Delilah. We always talk about Lila, that little lipstick wearing fish net. Red shoes swinging at the hips, walking all the Bible never even says anything about her body. The Bible never even says anything about how she dressed. The Bible just said she was a harlot. You know why she was a harlot? Because she took money to con a man. And so they called her a harlot. But the thing about it is she couldn't find nothing wrong with Samson until Samson gave her her heart. She didn't know where it lied. But when Samson laid down, and the Bible said after he told her all of his heart, then she cut his hair. Can I tell you that you're letting the devil come in to the place that only God ought to be coming in. And still yet, as a misfit, God still used him. He used him. He used, he used Noah. Noah preached 120 years. Same message. It's going to rain. Could you, could you imagine coming in here, life changers, after about three weeks, it's going to rain. Somebody's going to say, preacher, can you find me something else to listen to? For 120 years, his message never changed. 120 years, it never changed. But God said, I'm going to build an ark. And when I build this ark, I'm going to put you in it. Let me tell somebody, let me break this down right now. The trouble you're going in through right now is you're building an ark. Because when it does come, you're going to be protected. Get back in the ark of God that you built during that preaching and during that time when nobody listened and nobody liked it or nobody wanted none of it. God's got favor on your life. Get back in the ark of God. Because it was through the ark of God that God used for his presence. It was in the ark of God that he protected 
Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Noah had been in the ark so long. When he got out, he said, I can't hear another cow. If I hear another goat, I can't listen to another chicken. Whew, I need a drink. You got enough? <laughs> I know I just got way past your Christian values. He said, I need a drink. Got drunk. <laughs> I went to sit down and close my eyes. Well. Misfit. Noah didn't deserve it. He wasn't even right. He was just righter than the rest of them. He just didn't have as many issues as everybody else. And God's favor honed in. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. See, See, God's using you. It looks crazy. It looks messed up. And you don't even understand why you're going through what you're going through. I don't know why I have to wait until I've been married for 35 years and then go through a divorce. Lord, why would you allow me to have this child and then to lose it? God, why would you allow me to be married this long and some disease called coronavirus come and take out my spouse, my loved one? I don't understand it. I've been in your church. I've shouted my shoes off. I've danced my weave off. I've done everything I know to do, but I still can't get it right because it seems like everything is coming to my way and how am I going to fit in? God is taken. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. You're the only one who loves me. Everybody else is going to let me fall over. You didn't drink out of that, did you? <laughs> if we both die, you know what happened. Listen. He's moving in a place, and he's calling all of these people. These people that does not fit in with everybody else. They don't look like them. They don't talk like them. They don't do things like them. They've been called out. God has called them out. Abraham wasn't even a righteous man until God called him out. It was by faith that he was right. Your faith. It's not your hairdo. It's not your clothes. It's not the Bible you read. It's not the life changers church you go to. It's your faith. Pastor Anna, come piano, please. It's your faith. Peter was in a bad place. One of the disciples just hung herself and killed herself. The only difference between Judas and Peter is Peter found out that Jesus would forgive him before he died. Now I need to tell somebody in here, I don't know where you're at. And I don't know what's going on in your life. And I don't care how many times that you've asked God to do it and it ain't happened. Some of you say, I've asked God to take it. I've asked God to move it. I've asked God to please. You're begging God and you're sitting at the altars of God and every time you get up and it doesn't leave and every time it jumps back on you and, and, and all, all of these things in your life, the enemy's just, just crowding you and just telling you, well, your daddy was an alcoholic. Or your grandpa beat your grandma. 
Well, your mama cheated on your daddy. Well, you know your brothers and sisters. That's why I am like I am. And the whole time the enemy's just using your family tree and everything in your life. He's trying to make you think you don't fit in. And here you're going to church and you're doing all you can do. You're trying to figure out. Why didn't I just tell everybody that I knew him? Why did I lie? Peter's got this thought in his mind. Why didn't I just, I knew that he was able. Listen to me. It's not that you think that God can't. What happens is, is a lot of times we can't handle the pressure of the world. <laughs> because we haven't burnt our stuff. So we still have something to go back to. When the enemy knows you got something to go back to, he pressures you harder. And then the more you fall, and the more you're weak, the more you become a beggar. Now you're just one of those people, you just, you just need God to do it. God says, hang on just a minute. He said, I done transferred this glory to man. I didn't want to know what the color of their skin was. Didn't want to know what kind of language they spoke. I didn't want to know if they thought that they need to be Baptist or Pentecostal or Church of God. I didn't want to know all of these things. I transferred my glory to man. Here's what we have forgotten. Y'all ready for this? On our worst days, we've still got power. On our going back and finding our boat days, we still got power. We still got power. The scariest verse in the Bible is in Judges. Samson went to shake himself and didn't even know that the power left. One of the scariest verses I'll read in the Bible he went to shake himself and didn't even know. The church is sitting back and they're trying to divide themselves. Well, am I Democrat? Am I Republican? Am I BLM or am I white supremacist? I don't know. And they're sitting there and trying to let CNN try to tell them who they are. I don't care if you voted for Obama, Chelsea's mama, or Trump's drama. I come up in here to tell you it's not a Democrat thing. It's not a Republican thing. It's a God, it's a God thing. We are different. That's God saying amen. This next, and when I say next, because you're going to have to step out. This next wave of my glory. Brother, I love you. 
Right now, I'm not your brother, but I need to be that prophetic voice. I need to tell you right now that the things that God has put in your life, you can't keep them confined where you're at right now. There are people that don't even understand why you talk like you talk. You ain't been saved long enough to know what you know. But that anointing on your life, they don't understand it. They don't go further. But they're shaking their head. It ain't the way they've been taught. It ain't the way papa done it. It ain't the way granny done it. It ain't the way Sunday school teachers said it. It ain't the way my preacher said it. Let me tell you something. It's okay. But this next step, when I say next step, that means you got to leave this platform you're at now. Step off. Get ready. Get ready. Come on. Tear down every lie. Tear down all the lies. Set the wrong thing right. Cause when you have your way, something has to break. Something has to break. Hallelujah. I feel it in this room. Come on. Holy Spirit, Because when you have your way, something has to break. Tear down every lie. Yes, Jesus. Come on. All over this building. Maybe you're watching me from your living room, car, parking lot. You wanted to turn me off, but I started getting right in the middle of your stuff. Now that I got your attention, maybe in this room, preacher, I'm not where I need to be with God. I know of him, and I know I can go to the church house and find him, but I'm not, I'm not making an effort to follow him. I'm not making the effort to do the things that I need to do to be a follower of Jesus. I used too many excuses. And today I walked in here and I realized I am the misfit. I've run from him. I've denied him. I've let everything go, but I am that. I am the misfit. Preacher, I want to make it right in here. I want to rededicate. I want to reset. I want to come back. I want to find that place in God. Maybe you're watching me right now, wherever you are. 
If you're watching, I just want you to stand to your feet wherever you are. You can hear my voice. In this room tonight, you say, Preacher, that's me. I want to give my life to God. I want to come back. I want you to just raise your hand and wave it at me. Just like this. I want to see it. I see that hand. My God. I see that hand. I see the hand. I see the hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the count of three, you wave your hand. Would you meet me right here? One, two, three. Come on. If you raise your hand, come on. Come from everywhere, all over. Come on. Here they come. Come on, right here. Right here. Come on, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. My God. My God. Come on, preachers. Come on, preachers. Come on, preachers. Preachers, wise, preachers, ministers, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, find some of these and come on. Lead them back. Lead them back. Talk to them. Tell them how to get back. Tell them how to get back. Hallelujah.
feet with me just for a minute will you I feel the lifting of the Holy Spirit some are still ministering we're going to keep ministering but I feel a lift of the Holy Spirit Hallelujah. My goodness. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's got this for me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, God's got this for me. Hallelujah. Woo. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap, will you?